PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Gentlemen, here we go. It is time for episode 433 of Cinema Crespity. So I am hanging out with Drew Stagman on the muggy Oscar Sunday. Oh my goodness, is it humid out there, ladies and gentlemen? It is hot. Hope you feel it. Hope you feel it between your thighs. All that heat and humidity. Drew, have you felt the, the heat between your thighs lately? No, not really. Oh, ladies, slide into those DMs, light them up. I don't, I, I don't have any DMs for them to slide into. Oh man, that's right. You know that could be a problem. <laughs> you still have, you still have DMs that they can slide into. Just how did they know? Are the notifications turned off? That's yes, bad. that's bad. Yes, they are. Oh come on, let's turn this mic There's, a little bit more into what, your face what, there. What, what's the point, Lot? Yeah, only, if you're not, only yeah. check it like once every week and a half. Okay, ladies, I guess you can. Uh, I don't want to say get in the mind. No, don't go in the mind. Email us, and then, <laughs> and, then and then I'll pass it on to Drusa Cogburn, and it'll be a, like sort of a early two thousands version of uh, the old DM slide. Actually, we had aim back then. We did, yes, we did. And then they don't aim doesn't exist anymore, does it? They deleted that shit. Uh, the actual program itself, because AOL is still around. I come is across AOL.com email addresses every now and then. Maybe it's just email. Hmm. Has the mighty AOL been reduced to a mere email service? I think, I think it has. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking 90s Tech with Drew and Chris. Uh, we're recalling the days of free AOL by the month. Uh, oh, man. I pro- should, yeah, Prodigy was, logins. I mean, free, free AOL by the month was great, except that your screen name changed every month. <laughs> yeah, sure. You couldn't. You couldn't keep it, right? No. Uh, Orlando guy one two three four. Orlando guy one two three four five. Uh, the old days of ASL. Go yes, ahead. age age sex location. Want to go private? <laughs> uh, weird, weird, creepy days of the early internet. Yeah, chat room. Actually, I guess it's never. It's always it's always been creepy. Yeah, always, hundred percent. So, uh, and it's because the, the internet was made by people, and people are that's true. Creepy. So if you're old like us, you remember these things. If you're young, you're probably like, these guys are old. <laughs> we are. And that's the way it works. Yeah. And you'll be old one day if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Or if you're, or is it if you're unlucky? Or maybe Which... if you're, yeah, it depends on what what your the, the life experience on the way to old. What if your life sucks all the way up to old and then you die? Like, it just would have been better to get it over with. Yeah. Waiting for the turn and that turn never happens. One day it's going to get better nope. and it never gets better. That's what I fear. So, let's review some movies. Fear realized, Chris. I mean, <laughs> not on my deathbed just yet. I'm, I'm still walking. I'm upright. I bought a scale. I bought a new electric electronic scale. What, the analog scale not good enough for you? It, it wasn't connecting to my phone. <laughs> you know, I was plugging the USB. I was, I, was, I was trying to jimmy a plug into it. It wasn't. It wasn't communicating. No. It was a dumb scale. Mm. I need a smart scale. I need I need a smart scale to tell me exactly how fat I am. <laughs> Let me get that BMI going. Oh, good. Oh, All right. Oh man. 
Oh, yeah, by the way, I mean, let's talk to you about my living will. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, review time. Drew Stokogman. I saw Mortal Kombat. So did I. Well, here I, we go. I watched it on HBO Max. I went and saw it in a the theater. 11 a.m. matinee. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about said experiences. What you think? I mean, it was pretty garbage. <laughs> pretty garbage. <laughs> really? I, mean, I wasn't all, expecting... All things, I was not expecting that review. All, all things considered. Yeah. Pretty garbage. I said it was fine. I'm putting it on the fine scale. Okay. One eye fine. Yeah. Like definitive fine. Okay. There are things I like about it. Mm-hmm. But then there are things I'm like, what? I mean, there. But it's a video game movie. I also. mean, there are ideas I like about it, but sure. as a whole, like, no. I feel like if you're not into Mortal Kombat no. at all, mm-hmm. or you haven't played it or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you come to this movie just as an outsider, I don't think this movie would make much sense to people. No! Right? When all, all of a sudden when someone screams, flawless victory, like, you're was... like, what, what, what the fuck? Wait, what? Why? What is going on? At one, at one <laughs> point, someone, the voiceover, it just happens in the yeah. voiceover. It's usually characters saying it, which is, which is oh. funny. Uh, but at one point, it's like someone dies, and then someone says, like, flawless victory. And then you're like, what's the, what, what? Is there another? Is that God? Was, was that the voice of God? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, let's talk about the things that we, let's see. I want to start with the things we didn't like, and then we'll move to the things we liked. Okay, so the, the story was awful. It's uh, really not a story. <laughs> I mean, there, there, it was there just, is. It was just setting up characters there, to be the, the characters there, by the end of the movie. There is no tournament. That bugs me. <laughs> that bugs the hell me. How is there no tournament in a, in a movie about a video game tournament? Uh, what? I mean, the fuck? I mean, they're still fighting, but it's not. And the tournament's part of the plot because they're like, we've won nine. Uh, if we win ten, then it, it's game over. But we don't even want to get to the tenth, right? They're, they're trying to sabotage the whole thing. Is the the, the whole thing is to try to beat them before the tournament. The whole thing is to try to explicitly not make a tournament happen. No. Which, spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. No. Not in the way any way a tournament would be. Mm-mm. Mm. What the fuck? That's a really a what the fuck yeah. Um, I thought the movie took itself just a little too seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, yes, it took itself too. Se- it, it took itself seriously. Yeah. Enough for someone to say for a character to literally say fatality for whatever after he kills somebody. Yeah, I mean, which takes all the seriousness away. So that's the thing. I I felt like when the movie lightened up, like when Kano. Uh, arrives on the scene and he's just uh, and he does his thing he's just quip after quip yeah. after quip uh-huh. and I was, like, all right. I was like hey at least this is getting entertaining now I'm rolling all over my goddamn cable at least it's getting um, I guess that's the energy that I wanted from a Mortal Kombat movie I wanted to be a little not lighter but maybe, maybe a little just, more campy just a little more campy lean into the camp of it lean into Jax with his underdeveloped robot arms Weekly punching a bag and be like, eh, it's not gonna work. Like crying like that. I want more. Yeah, yeah. that's that's camp. That's so, good stuff. So, so he get, then he gets his super robot arms. Yeah, and then he gets what, what is the art? The arcana, the arcana, the whatever. Ar- the arcana. I don't know. The armada. Yes, it's a movie in which there's no tournament, and it's also uh, really just a prequel setting up more movies. Uh, it's like we're gonna have these characters later. We're yeah, but who's my, my question is who who's the big name they're gonna try to make Johnny Cage? Uh, Keanu Reeves too old, so it's gotta be just get the uh, the the the, the, kung, the kung Fury guy. The, I mean, it has to be an actually named person. Liu Kang's uh, introduction visually when they see him walking through the desert and it's the the sunrise behind him. That looks straight out of Kung Fury. I mean, yeah. Like the moment, the music and everything. Well, yeah. They're, and they're then, walking through a desert and they see you guys. Like, wah, wah. 
and, and, that and, was awesome. And then the reveal that underneath his shirt, Luke Kang is secretly super ripped. That, what that, the? Where did that fuck did that come from? That was shocking when he, start, <laughs> when he started flexing, and then like, his muscles had muscles, and then those muscles had muscles. I was like, what? I'm saying, it's like, whoa, this who guy. is this tiny man? How did he get so ripped? This guy's weirdly shredded, uh, strangely shredded. Oh. Good, good casting for for that guy, I guess. Um, it was like. Yeah, they introduce characters, obviously, and then he's like, I am, I can't even think of their names, Chung, Ching Lao? Kung Lao. Kung Lao. And it's like, oh, shit, it's Hat Guy. Yeah, you know? exactly, it's Hat Guy. <laughs> it's Hat Guy, but he's like, no, I am Kung Lao. Oh, man, they make a big deal out of it. Nobody God. cares. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. It really is for, the movie, at the end of the day, is for, like, fans of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And I think if you really like Mortal Kombat and you just want to see these characters brought to life in a big budget movie, you're getting it. You're getting it. It's there. Uh, now, if you want it to be like entertaining all the way through and like even make sense as a as a movie, that's gonna be that's gonna be something else entirely, <laughs> right? No. Uh, I felt like the first hour, obviously outside of the few action scenes that were going on, because there's, I mean, it opens with like MMA, yeah, oh yeah, no. and the MMA stuff. But even before that, the um the Sub Zero Scorpion opening scene. 16, 17, Japan or whatever. I enjoyed that opening scene, uh, even though that negates my previous takes itself too seriously. No. Motif. And uh, but so there's like still action, but the first hour overall is just introducing characters and getting them into place and like who has the symbol on them. And then the second hour when like the action really starts happening and there's fighting and deaths when people start dying is when the movie I felt like started getting getting there. It started so it's like yeah. half of a movie that I enjoy and the other half that's like. Just, just can we hurry up and get the 1995 Paul Anderson one? Uh, they get to like Outer World or whatever. They they get to fighting within ten minutes of that movie starting. Which they, they should have taken that road on this one. I think so. They should have got yeah. to, they should have got places faster. Mm-hmm. I think they casted no more no name people for no for more characters that nobody cares about. Might as well um, just throw them all in as many as you can. Well, yeah, I think the idea that they should have taken is. Don't plan for we're gonna make because they signed uh, the uh, one of the actors. I don't want, for people who maybe don't know this because it's been all over the internet. But they signed one of the actors to four more movies, which then during the movie I was like, well, what's gonna happen to this guy? Yeah. You know. And then even at the end, it, it was like, yeah, sure, no, no, that's happening. This guy, they're, they're, most of these characters are fine. So mm-hmm. for, so we can do more fucking movies. Yeah. I feel like if they just took all their ideas and just put it into this movie and just made one awesome movie, then great. It would have been great. People have been clamoring for more, and them they can figure out too, like the Christopher Nolan approach when he made Batman yeah. Begins. He's like, I'm taking two different stories, parts of a third, and I'm throwing them all in one movie, and I'm not necessarily like planning for a second one. And then he threw in the little Joker card tease at the end. I think that was sort of like a Warner Brothers. Can you give us a little bit of something, a something to to entice people? But then when he did the Dark Knight, it was like I'm just throwing everything into it and then it was four years later until the dark knight rises and it's like this is it i'm just throwing everything i have into it because why plan for more movies what if this one ends up sucking and no one wants it Uh then you end up with the mummy and where where at the end tom cruise is now the mummy what that's awesome that should have been the movie (laughs) nobody cares anymore what if in the mummy halfway through tom cruise becomes the mummy and then the second half of the movie is him being like some sort of awesome mummy avenger i mean yeah that could have been weird and crazy and then he'll be like well this is a weird fucking movie yeah yeah give me more Uh uh-huh but instead it was like at the very end tom cruise mummy on adventures question mark and you're just like no but yeah but instead now still when i think the mummy all i can think of is brendan fraser 
So still, yeah. they have not surpassed nope. even those not very good movies. No, but those were. It's what I'm sort of looking for from Mortal Kombat. This Mortal Kombat, it a, knew a, a what le- it was. Yes, a level of camp where yes, it definitely knew what it was. And they were still trying to be scary and have their and maybe a little serious. I mean, they had Rachel Weiss in the movie, a goddamn real actress. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, who's collecting a paycheck, sure, but she's bringing her thing to it. And uh, Brendan Fraser, goddamn accidental movie star. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like. I, it's not like I like the 90s Mortal Kombat anyway. It's not no. like I like it. It's a bad movie, but it has its own funness. This one, in its own way, still has its fun stuff. It still has a bad Goro. Why can't they not get Goro right? Why can't they not get Goro right? Two down. I want to see Two no. I want to see them, them Corridor Crew bros do the uh, VFX artist breakdown Goro. Because there's something that's not processing yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. With my brain. Yep. Just, all of a sudden, nope. this guy's fighting a cartoon character. Yeah. On the flip side... They have nailed. They nailed ice simulation. Oh yes! All, oh yes, it's real. All the ice stuff looks amazing every time, and it's so it's always so satisfying. And then also smart when he can do Sub Zero does things like he creates a bunch of ice and levitates it up in the air, CG CG ice, and then he throws it down. Real ice. Yeah, and then he just like throw ice on the extras, and they're like, oh my god, oh. or fake ice or whatever um, thing that they use on on set. Uh, it's like a good way to blend CG and, and practical. The Best death of the movie. You know which one I'm talking about. Which one? The best one. I mean... You know, don't say it, but you're the best one. The hat? The hat. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of CG blood throughout this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. The hat? All that? All that? That was real. That was, that was a... You could see. Yeah, because Homeboy got covered in it. That was like, whoa. <laughs> that, this guy got... Covered in corn syrup, in yep. red corn syrup. Uh, I read a thing after the fact where he was talking about shooting that scene and that people on the set were like disgusted. They're like, oh, did we overdo yeah. this? No. <laughs> You're, it's Mortal Kombat. There should be more. Yeah. There should be Tarantino levels of blood. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've, at times they went there. Like for that, they went yeah. there. I think maybe, I wonder if that's the moment where I feel like the movie picked up. Like, is that the first time? I, I mean, obviously I'd have to rewatch it, which I could do on HBO. Yeah, but still, no, like yeah that's the first weeks. time where it was like... Yes. This is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I mean, the the, uh, the first actual kill in the movie comes earlier, like the, with the in the, the with the Kano mm-hmm. scene and all that. That one was fun, and when he like didn't didn't he throw? He said like fatality or flawless victory. He something said like something that. stupid, yeah. right? No, he said Kano wins. Yes, <laughs> and he said he, and he held it up. I thought I was like, okay, yes, this is what the movie needs to be. I need more of this, please. Uh, not not enough of that. I guess I, I, I like the Kano character because he's such a... He has a point of view. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he sticks to it. He's a real dirtbag. It's fun. And um, and then I like that Sub-Zero, they make him like, oh, he's the badass. You know, when they yeah. talk about... Even later when they're, oh, we've got to split up and take him one-on-one and one-on-one. It's like, what about Sub-Zero? Oh, no, 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 together. <laughs> yeah, we, we save him for... That's, that's teamwork. Um, I enjoyed him. Obviously, the actor who played... Um, so, I always get it. Sang? Sung? Sung Sang? Sang Sung? Sang Sung? The main bad guy. Uh, that guy is awesome. And then the guy who plays in the opening scene, the um, the scorpion, oh. like the under the mask scorpion. Mm-hmm. What was he just in? Westworld and yeah. stuff. That guy is really good. Uh, and I like that that, th- that th- storyline, the scorpion sub-zero storyline is the one that's like the thread of the movie. Yeah, that's... Uh, because it's everything that like hang. It's like the, la- the laundry line. They... they- they the same. That's the same underlying storyline from that animated movie that I saw. There you go. So, so I guess that's like. I think that's that goes back to the OG. What was it? Ninety six. The game? No, ninety five. Whatever the game was, ninety four maybe. 
that is like OG Mortal Kombat game lore. Okay. Like the bio that it was, I think it was all printed in comic books no. at the time. Um, but that, yeah, the whole Scorpion Sub-Zero connection, the whole thing with his family, that that's all uh, very much Mortal Kombat. So it's weird that they would go that like specific and that deep and pull that lore, but then be like, oh yeah, but no tournament though. Yeah, we'll just allude to these nine nine awesome sounding tournaments that would have been cool to see, but we're yeah. not gonna see them. Nope. T- okay, we'll see a tenth one. Nope, not happening. Uh, At least not in this movie. Well, uh, fuck you guys. I think it's lame. Uh, but so I thought the movie was fine because I had a, I had a good enough time watching it. Cool. It was an hour and fifty minutes. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like outside the the beginning. I was taking it slowly, getting things together. Like by the second half, started going. It felt. Fast enough to me that I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. Yeah, I thought it was straight garbage, and you should just watch the death scenes on YouTube. Yes, that would be. Give me a YouTube uh, a super cut, like a 10-minute super cut over watching the movie. Oh. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I would not I would not say no. I would not say no. All right, there you go. Mortal Kombat reviews in the can. True. Mm-hmm. I also went and saw The Father. And? Oh, boy. As depressing as we figured it would be? Oh, boy. That was... Uh, that may, it may have been a mistake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, Are uh, you looking forward to Dimension, my friend? At least... Oh, boy. <laughs> um, doesn't really run in the family. I have other health stuff to, to look forward to taking yeah. me down. In, in, but it, it, it's wild how it's so much of it because it's uh, the guy who directed. Also, it's a play that he wrote. I, I didn't realize that initially. Um... So it's so much of it is from the father's perspective, but then there are also it's his daughter that he's uh, living with for most of the movie. So uh, we do shift perspectives to something that's more grounded that we so we as the viewer can have a little bit of stability to to watch the movie on. But for the most part, for like the first 20, 30 minutes, it gets it takes a minute, but then it gets disorienting. We're like, wait, hold on a second. Like, but the, we just got this information, and now this character looks different, and now he's wearing a different shirt, and now the the apartment looks this flat. Excuse me, the flat, the flat looks different. It's, it's English, so it's, okay. a, it's a flat. And um, it, the movie goes from like disorienting to like for a minute, for sure, almost like a psychological sort of thrillerish. But then it gets like like horror, where you're just like, this is horrifying. Oh my god. Uh, and then at the end, it's just a bummer. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> like the last, yeah, because the last seven minutes of the movie is hard. Oh yeah, because he goes through all whatever he goes through, and at the end, he's just gonna die alone, not I'm, knowing yeah, anything, not knowing who he is, crying for mommy. Oh, oh my god, Hopkins, incredible. Obviously, Obvi. Mm-hmm. All right, duh. Sir Anthony Hopkins is great. Olivia Coleman also fantastic. Both of them nominated for awards for tonight's Oscars. Or yesterday's Oscars, or whenever you people listen to this, uh, I mean, and it's very well made. It looks great. Uh, it's for it being a play. Like you know how oftentimes, like we already saw with the One Night in Miami, mm-hmm. and what's this other one that that was nominated? Um, oftentimes, when he Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, they're stuck in just a couple of locations, and it feels like a play. It feels small. There's a lot of monologuing, and it just feels like even though it's a movie, it still feels like a movie version of a play. This feels like. Uh, like a straight up like a movie like it doesn't no. it doesn't have that feel where you're stuck somewhere and you're just listening to people uh, talk monologue yeah they, they do some interesting things that, that still feels very uniquely cinematic and would make me interested in seeing how they would do it uh, pull off some of that stuff live you know mm-hmm. it's good it's a very very good movie I'm actually surprised by how much I, I liked it 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but trigger warning for strong bummeritis. Yeah. It will it will inflict you. I'm sure. Um, okay, Florida Film Festival 2021 has wrapped up Drew Cogburn, and I saw the movie Mandibles, okay. French film by Quentin Dupuis. Dupuis? Dupuis. Du some guy. Uh-huh. A guy named Quentin. Uh, the, have you ever seen the movie Rubber about a tire uh, that uh, uh, that I kills have, people? Yes. Uh, same guy. Okay. He did another movie, Deerskin, about a guy who gets a deerskin jacket and then he like goes to great lengths uh, to keep it or something or to keep others from getting it. I don't know. Uh, quirky movie about two losers who get assigned a job. Well, one guy gets assigned a job. He's like a homeless guy, beach bum, uh, to just pick up a briefcase and transport it from A to B. That's it. Don't ask what it is. Just put it in the trunk of a car and take it somewhere. So he has to go steal a car and he picks up a friend to help him do the delivery. And then on his way to the pickup, uh, there's a sound in the car. He pulls over. This is all in the trailer. He pulls over and... Um, it's a person. It's a giant fly. Oh. It's a fly the size of a, of a 30, 40 pound dog. Okay. Pretty big. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? So they decide to uh they abandon the whole briefcase thing and they're like we are going to train this fly and then we will uh make money off it somehow like vaguely i will sell tickets so they they tape down its wings and then get about trying to train this giant fly keep it from other people stuff like that they come across some people who mistake them for someone else and they take them to a house party so they just mooch off them and eat their food and play in their pool meanwhile they have this fly that they're trying to keep from them uh it's a weird movie sounds like it and uh, it's fine. That, that, that's also on the fine okay. scale. One eye. It, it's good if you're looking for something that's for sure like... Wow, so as good as Mortal Kombat. I'm not sure if that's uh, a very good review, Chris. It may, no, it may be better than Mortal Kombat because that's why I'm saying it's good if you're looking for something that's uh, like you literally haven't really seen before. No. Like I've not seen a movie about a, giant a, couple, fly. a couple losers trying to, trying to harness the powers of a giant fly in oh. some way. And it's like a weird comedy... Uh, quirk comedy it doesn't even doesn't even get that dark either and um and actually the ending the very end is pretty good i the i thought the, the like the final scene and the final shot and the uh, wrapped the whole thing up pretty satisfyingly and it's also short it's like 80 minutes so yep. uh mandibles or mandibus mandibulus mandibulus Okay. Amanda Bulis. Gotcha. Um, we saw the Midnight Shorts. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, and actually... Some w- wacky shit there. We saw some weird wacky shit. And uh, do you recall which ones, any ones that you actually liked? Uh, ones that stuck out to you? The one, uh, the, the one with the actual vagina monster? Yes, there was uh, there was one with an actual vagina monster, and then a number of others uh, with various types of penises. But it's the Midnight Program, so that's how you know it's, it's for after midnight, because yeah. there's a lot of an- animated nudity. Uh, I still have the list here. I can. I'll just if I write off titles, I'm sure we'll remember them. Uh, Midnight Shorts: Adventures of a Very Sad Willie. That's the one, the claymation Willie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just has a little monologue. A little monologue uh, about, uh, being about sad. banging too much. Yeah, looking out a window. Yeah, that was silly. Um, some of the last few that we saw were clearly you pointed this out were clearly made for phone like phone festivals. Yeah. Like a death hacks to nine circles of hell. Yeah, that one wasn't very funny, and then it was made for a phone, Definitely. and I and I felt like ripped off by that. I'm surprised no. that they they took those two or three um, shorts because I'm sure they have plenty to choose from. I don't know why they took those. Um, everything you need to know about pierogi. Did we watch that one? Yeah, that was another really short one. Yeah, that uh, that that was the the one with uh, the the pierogi got at the end. 
That's right. That these are they're all like you could swap these out with the experimental shorts almost. I mean, it, it was like watching liquid television in the nineties. It was actually <laughs> like when Jimmy, the Jimmy yeah. one, <clears throat> the Jimmy one. I mean, some of them reminded me of stuff like the head and things of that nature. So yeah, it was weird. Um, I think. Well, for I mean, I don't know if I can even if we can even be fair in reviewing it, but the reason we even picked this program is because Shark Baby yeah. is in it, and that has uh, music and sound by our boy Rob Ryder, yeah. composer of our theme song. Correct. So it's like, can we truly review? The, like, we're too close to the man. I mean, it was all right. It was def it was definitely a weird premise for an odd little animation. And, I'll give it that. And it was also short. It was like yeah. it was like two Couple minutes. minutes. Uh, yeah. A lot of these are only two minutes. Probably the best aspect of of this program is that you got to see a lot of stuff in that in the hour and a half or so um yeah i mean was, the music was good and uh when the shark starts talking like is that rob uh, i don't think it is but maybe it was i don't know i it, it was fun it was cute but i think my favorite was actually the uh wasn't even animated the thing that ate the birds oh yeah that was weird it was like a 10 minute horror short yeah yeah where uh, you know people are just like okay with monsters just dying in like a completely normal world where that happens oh, apparently like he didn't say nothing nope nobody said anything about it he, he should have said something because then yeah because mama ended up being bad for him uh yeah there, i mean there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen we were 15 shorts and we watched most of them we watched yeah. like 13 of them uh, at home on the using the virtual option so it was that was really cool there was some good stuff in there. I think the best thing... So, final review... Oh, and then I wanted to see this Mad Mickelson movie, but it was only available for two days. I realized it. And, I, I, and you I, I forgot. I had an online ticket for it. We made plans to watch it, and it was outside of that window. My bad. My it, bad, bro. It um, I think the best movies I saw were those documentaries that I talked about last yeah. week. Holy Frit and Lily Topples the World. And uh, Mogul Mowgli was probably the best uh, narrative. Yeah. Because I saw that, and I saw the catch, and mandibles. I think that's everything. Yeah, Mogul Mowgli was good. Yeah, Mogul Mowgli was good. Florida Film Festival 2020, the thirtieth annual Film Fest, virtual and in person. It was a it was a good festival. They did a good job. It's tough with since they only did it at the Enzian instead of it being ten days. It was like sixteen days. Uh, that that got hard. I definitely. The last week here petered out, as you can see. Only watched one movie and that short thing together, and that was it because yeah. I just had other shit to do. Like, I can put my life on hold for one week for a, a film festival, but not for two. Two weeks in a row is kind of tough. Anyway, uh, okay. Media diets outside of the movie stuff. What'd you watch? Uh, I watched, well, I watched a movie. What'd you watch? Uh, on Netflix, Alexander Revisited The Final Cut. <laughs> Oliver Stone's three hour and 33 minute epic <laughs> retelling of the story of Alexander the Great and how he fucked everything that walked. Alexander, the final cut. Uh, so more than just Angelina Jolie? I mean, he, he doesn't bang his mom in this one. He does. He does bang Rosario Dawson. Nice. That's a real, that's, I mean, she, she's, she, oops, this was like 20 years ago too, so she looks great. She's right? young. She's like, yeah, yeah. probably 20 something. Uh-huh. They're all kind of young. Uh, Colin Farrell, he's like uh, he's got to be in his early thirties at this point, yeah. maybe close to the age of uh, uh, Alexander. There, there's some uh, he, there's some eunuch that he bangs. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. there's uh, isn't that what eunuchs are for? There's uh, his, his best friend he bangs. Nice. Isn't that what best friends are for? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, he fucks pretty much everything. That's awesome. Good for him. Uh -huh. is, so Val Kilmer's his dad. That's awesome. Uh, 
Is is there just is that all the final cut is just more fucking? Maybe I don't know. I never saw the actual movie because it's not that good. I mean, it so. wasn't wasn't real well reviewed. No, because well, it's, it's not that good. Uh, Oliver Stone does better when he's doing like. Well, first off, he, his best movie is the movie partially based on his experiences in Vietnam, fucking Platoon. Yeah. But then outside of that, his best movies are all like political related. It's about JFK, Nixon, W. Yeah. Those movies about presidents. Then you can do. Then you can Alexander do that. the Great. Yeah. Alexander the Great. What do you think? That you think that's a president? President of Rome? <laughs> president of Pre- Europe? President of Macedon? President of Macedon? Doom, 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 no, bow, not bow, Macedon, bow, not Mastodon, Chris. I needed something to watch while I fell asleep over a couple nights, <laughs> and definitely would last a couple of nights no. for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I think I watched it over like three days. That's awesome. Oh, like right. fucking three hours and like uh, is that how you would recommend people watch it I mean whatever in, in, in states of half sleep I mean sure it doesn't I mean it, it, it's a movie there's a plot it makes sense it's pretty big budgeted Co- Colin Farrell does a lot of crying so it's he's, weird he's acting no I'm gonna show my acting range no. this is what he says no uh, but he's not gonna change his English accent no why why would he do that Irish accent Irish accent whatever his brogue it's like I'm Alexander the Great He's like, me and Ger- Gerald Butler does the same thing. He's like, I'm Michael, Michael Banning, the American. <laughs> uh, I finished, and well, I, I started and finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, okay. Or, sorry, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Oh, shit. <laughs> they changed the title card at the end of yeah, the last Yeah, at the very time. end. If you haven't been online in the last 48 hours, you might not know, but I'm taking a strong guess. People listening know about this because yeah. it's, it's all over. It's all over the place. But also, if you've been watching the show. Like, you know been, where it's going. Yeah, it's no. been... <clears throat> and also, if you have remembrance of of development, uh, the Marvel Universe development, when Mackie got first cast as Falcon, right around the same time, uh, Sam, his character, uh, what's his last name? Wilson, right? Sam Wilson? Something like that. Something like that. He uh, becomes Captain America in the books, and they drew him to look like Anthony Mackie. And no. people were like, look at this, Anthony Mackie, is he going to be ex-Captain America? And at the time, yes. he was like... Man, I don't know. Like that'd be cool and all, but I'm sure at that time Kevin Feige was, was like, like, "Yes, he's Captain stick, America. Stick with us. We're gonna do this whole run. You're gonna be Captain America. You, at you, the end. You're gonna be Captain America one day. You're gonna be yeah. black ass Captain America. It's gonna be awesome. I, I think uh, it was a good payoff build, building up to mm-hmm. all that. It was a good last episode. I think what bothered me about the series now that it's over and I can look at it as a whole is the the vague villain like the flag smashers i don't understand the flag smashers yeah. what's their ideology there are people who are mad that they that the blip that people who blipped back uh now that we got to deal with them <laughs> well no that they're, they're angry what or, or are they the people that blipped back and they're like we've been forgotten i i don't know which ones which side of the fence they're on they're either right and either, either or it doesn't matter yeah. it could be either one yeah and uh, and they're just like one world, one people. Uh, whatever they're terrorists. Whatever that means. They're vague terrorists. They're vague ethnic terrorists. And uh, we, we needed a vehicle for U.S. agent. We need a vehicle for Captain America to go out and do something, right? He needs to attack someone, and we can't just do Hydra. No. So we have to come. And I guess flags, the flag smashers. I wouldn't be surprised if they're already in the book somewhere. Sure someone wrote them, right? If they're canonical. Uh, and then the whole thing at the power broker, like who's the power broker? And then they reveal who it is at the end. And then when they reveal, I was like, yeah, that's kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, and then the little bonus scene they did at the very end, like the mid credit scene, which is like establishing where the power broker is going to be in this MCU mm-hmm. for for the, the the near future. Yeah. Uh, 
it was just too vague to give us something to really hook, sink our teeth into in terms of, well, here's the threat, here's the danger. Outside of that, it was really, I mean, I guess because the show is about uh, <coughs> Walker being made Captain America, not being worthy of being Captain America, not being worthy of having the serum, and then making uh, uh, Sam like have to take all that shit over, yeah. right? But if they had like a stronger villain that really would have then give them a real reason to come together at the end, like John Walker does at the end there, uh, it could have been like a real classic series. Like, holy shit, this was but amazing. At least it was good to see Daniel Brühl back as Zemo. That was awesome. And then he dances. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, man, immediately, I saw on Twitter, before I even saw that episode, like that morning, people were here, in case you need it, here's a gif of Daniel Brühl dancing. Yeah, because we all do. <laughs> yeah. Face. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's fantastic. He is a fantastic actor. I'm a big fan. Um, and then, you know, Sebastian stands great. That's right. Bucky. He really fell into a great role there that that developed nicely for him over the years. And I I, I do like that uh, Wyatt Russell is such a good actor that the entire internet hates him for being the best, worst Captain America. Yeah, yeah. That is... It's called acting, guys. He, he such a, it's, like, it's like a bad guy wrestler yeah. who when you see him in public, he's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah. And that wrestler inside is just like, yes. yes. <laughs> what you say to me and then they pull out a gun and shoot him like whoa he's, no. just, he's a wrestler he's so is fake come on um, yeah yeah he is Wyatt Russell is very very good looking forward to seeing more from him like just in the whole world at large and everything not just yeah. in the in the Marvel Universe for sure well I mean he, he's uh, I mean technically he's more Captain America than Captain America I mean Sam's not a super soldier that's right I like how they then, because the the flag smashers are a lot of people who are taking like the synthetic super soldier serum. So I like how he's at a physical disadvantage, but by him like learning how to use the shield and then getting the new wings, and then they show how he can use the jetpack and together. the wings together yeah. to for um, gripping purposes, balancing strength, and all that. Uh, to counteract his disadvantage, and also the vibranium shield is gonna help a lot. Oh. I like how Walker's uh, is like steel shield gets all <laughs> fucked up at the end of his battle. Yeah, within like ten seconds. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, that's why it's vibranium. <laughs> yeah. That's why that's important. It's funny. The uh, it, like it made me appreciate more. I mean, the show did probably the job that it's had to do, which is appreciate like me appreciate Sam the character more. Uh, what he brings to the Avengers table and all that in mm-hmm. terms of his not being a super powered person, but instead of just a dude with a, a gadgets and hope and, and a lot of hope, a lot <laughs> of hope for America, brother. Uh, and then, it, you know, it, I guess the, it earned that preachy the, when he's with the senators and yeah. it's like five minutes of him being like, blah, the, the blah. people, you got to do the, this and that and whatever. And it cut to Sebastian Stan and John Walker two separate times, like yep. watching him and be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, he's right. He's preaching. He's preaching. Uh, that was like a little heavy handed, but it was, it was fine. <laughs> it worked. So then also a big deal. I mean, Friday, day of the debut of the finale. They announced um, the co-creator of the show, Spellman, something like that, <coughs> will be writing the new Captain America, Captain America 4, ostensibly. So, and then it was all those articles where we were the picture of Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, no, Captain America. Everyone knows now. Captain America and the White Wolf. The White Wolf. That'd be a cool, that'd be a good title. That'd be good. He has to earn that White Wolf name back, though. Wakand- Apparently. Wakandans aren't happy oh. with him at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get it back in Black Panther 2. 
They got Black Panther, White Wolf, get it. They, get it. They gotta, get it. They got to figure out that Black Panther too, man. They got <laughs> to find a reason to get people to... to man, that's going to be a tough one. They're making it right now. I wonder what they're doing. Okay. Uh, all right. So we both, we both did Falcon and Winter Soldier. All right. What's he at? Uh, and then on Hulu, there's a documentary, a true crime documentary called Sasquatch. The true crime? So it's... Documentary? It, it, it's about the... the Possible. So there's this guy who became like an investigative journalist. Okay. Uh, but in his 20s, he worked in the Emerald Triangle trimming pot. Uh, and uh, he heard a story about a Sasquatch that killed three Mexicans. And it goes from him, it, it goes from him remembering that story to tracking it down and trying to get to the truth behind this fucking batshit crazy story that a Bigfoot killed three Mexicans at a dope farm in, in the fucking 90s. Obviously, it was like a drug deal gone bad or something like that. Like it, It's a little crazier than that, but it's... Something so plausible. It's what, when it comes down to it, basically, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what it comes down it's to. It's like people were in the drug business and they died. Yeah. And, uh-huh. but, but then the world, no, it was Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> well, because there's the, there's the whole reasoning behind the story and the lore behind it and this, that, it's it's... It's interesting. Okay. So we recommend watching? Uh, it's three forty-five minute episodes. If you got more time to kill than the average person, yes. Sure. Three forty-five minutes. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's not too bad. You can put those on pretty quickly mm-hmm. in a night. Yeah. Uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Okay. All right. Good stuff. That gets a, a thumbs up. Yeah. Pretty, pretty th- it was solid, weird. Pretty solid thumbs up. All right. Anything else? Nope. Um, I am caught up on Invincible episode seven. Episode how, eight comes out this week. How many episodes are there going to be? Eight episodes. Eight. Cool. Hey, I can start watching. You old Drew. You better start watching. I this will. Show. Oh my God, it's a good show. Yeah. It's, it's well, so it's Robert Kirkman. So, and not only that, um, I read a little interview thing with Kirkman uh, recently the other day that uh, put into perspective a little bit of, of why this show I think is is working so well. Also, it's a uh, 144 issue series. The, so I guess it's 12 years, right? If it's 12 a year, <clears throat> and uh, so they've. Kirkman has lived with this story for over that 12 years, no. probably over 15 years, maybe even longer. He, it's been in his head. He's marinated. He's thought, oh, maybe if I got him back, I could change things. So this is his second go around on telling the same story. Yeah. He's moving some things around, apparently. He has been making some big revelations that happen are happening way earlier. Characters are getting more to do. Um, so I think it's like... Uh, He's getting to do a punch up, yeah. of his it's, own story, it's and it's dir- working. It's the director's cut. <laughs> yes. yes, he's getting. Uh, but it's also because now he has um, over ten years of uh, space between him and the original release no. and the original story. Well, that, and, and now he's gained all the knowledge of you know being a creator since then. And I was about to say, I mean, this is what he did before The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it must have been right before, right? Because yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because uh, this is like 2002, 2003. I mean, the, the end of it might have actually been written during the beginning of Walking Dead. Is it that old? I don't think it's that old. I mean, it's it's old. Not from the, It's not from the 90s, though, is it? No. Yeah, no, I think it's from the early 2000s. Walking Dead was a lot later than you think, though. Uh, Walking Dead, I would put that at 2005, maybe? I'm trying to think of where now. I'm trying to think of which... 2003. 2003? Invincible? No, Walking Dead. Walking Dead 2003. Oh, wow. I didn't start reading it until 2005. That's on me. I was... I'm still on the uptake. Also, Drew Sakagawa is my comic book guy. So if he doesn't put it in my hands, I ain't going to read it. That's the way it works. He's got to let me know. It's on him. 
He accepts that responsibility. <laughs> He's looking it up now, getting more information. Anyway, Invincible is amazing, guys. Invincible is incredible. I enjoy the show uh, uh, so, so much. It, it's like twists and turns and uh, mega violence. Oh, and uh, 2003 as well, actually. Right around the same time. Interesting. Man, Kirkman was really uh, exploding creatively at the time. Yeah. So uh, get, it, get on it, guys. Episode 8 comes out on Friday. It's the last episode of season 1. It's awesome. Uh, where are we at time-wise? Okay, yeah. I can, I'll can. go ahead and get into this. I watched season one of Doctor Who. Okay. The for the, the, re, the relaunch from 2005, 2006-something. Okay. Because, you know, there was an original show yeah, back, yeah. back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. day. And, and there have been like 12 Doctors. Yes, yes. Uh, so, apparently, I'm skipping a few Doctors. Jump in! I jumped in at Christopher Eccleston, who did this season one on BBC, BBC America. No, just BBC. And um, it was like fourteen episodes, including a a Christmas special, because every series ends with a Christmas special, and HBO just th- tacks it on to the end of the season. Okay. And uh, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get what I get. You understand the, why the nerds love it? I get the appeal. It's somewhere between Star Trek and um, especially for. The reference for the time period, 2005, would be X-Files. Okay. I would say now it's almost like a cross between a Star Trek and a Black Mirror, where it's going to take the cynicism and sci-fi weirdness of Black Mirror, but it's really going to balance it with that exploratory positivity of Star Trek. Yeah. And the positivity, spoiler, almost always wins over. Of course. Uh, I think that's part of the big appeal of the character in the show, in that while things can be really fucked and crazy and subversive and conspiratorial, almost always at the end of the day, the Doctor is going to prevail because he's a Time Lord. He's, a, for all intents and purposes, for all, and as well as intensive purposes, yes. he is a uh, a God. Because, like, it, the deal is with his body, the reason why he regenerates is because the body gets to a point where it uses up all his energy, and, like, he could die, or he does a trick where then he just becomes a new body, and sometimes, like, he keeps part of his mind, sometimes he doesn't. So I watched the Chris Eccleston one, it was really good, and then just started season two with David Tennant. That's the next doctor. He's mm-hmm. the next doctor. He's a little more, a little more rude, but also dash uh, sexy, and um, the budget goes up, and it's it's interesting because yeah. season one was a success. So like, oh, okay, BBC, more money, we'll give you guys a little bit more money, and they and they use it. Yeah, I'm sure it's cool. Um, Simon Pegg shows up in season one. That was fun. I haven't gotten there yet. I don't know when it happens, but I know Ben Wheatley directed an episode of Doctor Who at some oh, that's point. That's going to be weird. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it gets weird. They're all, they're all pretty weird. I mean, they're going all throughout space and time. They really yeah. wrote themselves license to write whatever ridiculous story that they want to write. Um, and it's enjoyable. So I'm into it. There we go. Cool. So I'll be talking about Doctor Who a bit as I watch further, uh, further seasons. All right, well, we're right about the halfway point. Good time to take a break. We don't have any emails. All right, that's fine. We don't have any comments in the Facebook group. Fuck Facebook. That's fine. Yeah, fuck Facebook. Anyway, you guys should really get off of it. Uh, but we do no, have... No, I mean, that's the start of my new social media empire. Fuck Facebook. That's your social media empire? Yeah. Is that the new app? Drew's fuck Facebook? Uh, no, it's just, it's just fuck Facebook. I don't understand. <laughs> Neither do I. Okay. Ooh, enigmatic. <laughs> I like that. Welcome to my TED Talk. We do have an episode 65 of Billy Dee's Death of the Movies, where you saw... You watch a... Uh, I think it's Irish Irish zombie comedy of some sort. Zomcom. It's a zomcom. It's an Irish zomcom. I think. I don't know. Uh, actually, how about I shut up and then we'll just let 
Billy D. Explain. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? I've been wildly busy on shoots and stuff lately, so my movie viewing has struggled. But I managed to catch a wildly fun horror comedy on Shudder called Boys from County Hell. This is a feature expanded from a short of the same name, written and directed by Chris Bob. Eugene, played by Jack Rowan from Peaky Blinders, is a 20-something just figuring his life out. He's a road worker, he sort of hates that. He lives in a rural Irish village, she sort of hates that. It's home of the original vampire legend that inspired Bram Stoker, something that is part of the village's identity, but something that they also hate tourists for. I really liked this sort of complex relationship to something that you had nothing to do with. The legend is similar to Dracula, but they believe it was a cursed Celtic chieftain named Abertak that drank the blood of his enemies and tribe, and he was unkillable. Abertak was so powerful, he could apparently make people bleed out psychically. There's a tomb, aka a cairn, a pile of rocks in a field that they use to prank tourists. A new highway is being built through the town and the cairn needs to be torn down in order to make room for the road. When Eugene and his dad knock the tomb over as part of the job, the film becomes a harrowing survive the night tale. Tons of blood, black humor, and more Irish accents than you know what to do with, Boys from County Hell is a total blast. I really liked all these characters, and I probably would have watched a film about them that didn't have an ancient proto-vampire draining an entire town. I've also seen a few Irish horror comedies, and this shares some same cast members with those that make it a fun who's who of Irish genre films. If you liked Grabbers, do yourself a favor and check out Boys from County Hell. And if you haven't seen Grabbers, you have a great double feature to get through. Anyway, I've got some fun reviews coming in the next few weeks. Lots of stuff I'm super stoked to talk about. So stay tuned and uh, stay cool. I'm Billy D. Okay, and we are back. How's it going, guys? We're taking it smooth and easy into the second half of the show. Uh, I mentioned email earlier, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. You could use that to email us for us to read it on the show. Or, I haven't said this in a while, you can email us for free stickers. We have stickers with our logo on it. And I have other crap as well that I'll probably throw in that envelope, so email us. Take some stuff. Take some stuff. Cinemacrespediso at gmail.com with your... Uh, mailing address, name a mailing address, and I'll send you some shit for free. Or, I mean, anybody's name and a random address, and we'll send it there. That's true. Yeah, we got plenty of stickers. That's fine. I'll send shit anywhere. Just give me just give me a target, and I will fire. Uh, Patreon.com slash Crespediso. Sign up today to hear our 2021 Oscar predictions. Which, after tonight, will be worthless. Be pretty worthless, but... After tomorrow, you can sign up to hear our Oscars recap, uh, which used to be Drew and I talking about the Oscars show, but lately it's just me telling Drew about the Oscars. Because which, I refuse to watch. And actually, to be honest, same diff, guys. <laughs> same diff. Um, so, uh, patreon.com slash so Sign up for new bonus episodes every Friday. And these Oscar ones are, uh, well, the predictions one was a full, like, hour episode. But our recap one's going to be shorter. That's going to be a little half hour. Like, blah. here you go, guys. Real quick. Um, oh, Drew, by the way, can you come by tomorrow so we can mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Facebook sucks. Get off it. But, uh, oh, yeah, sign up for Drew's Fuck Facebook. I don't know how, though. We haven't figured that out yet. Oh. But, but sign up for Fuck mm-hmm. Facebook. And uh, Twitter, at So Instagram, Cinema So TikTok, Cinema So. Gonna have to get on YouTube. That's, Cinema that, So That's still where people... That's still where people are going in droves, apparently. You know, it's crazy. Uh, the the hold that they have on that market. Where there's no other... Super secret birthday party. It's still rolling. <laughs> thousands of views. Almost 15 years old now, that video. That's sad. Yeah. Makes me sad. Makes me very, very sad to think about. <clears throat> um, so, you know, before we jump... I mean, here in a couple of years, that video will be old enough to drink. Hell yeah, and then we're going to have to do a video uh, for that video's birthday party. <laughs> we're going to have to have a birthday party for that video, uh, and then we'll put that on YouTube. There we go. <laughs> and the snake will have eaten its tail. Yes. It'll, it'll be <laughs> the awesome. The bars is complete. It'll be awesome. Hopefully the cat will still be around, and we can make sure the cat gets a cameo in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. The return of the best news segment in all of podcasting. That's right, guys. It is time for... Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly. So you don't have to. I'm doing the Lord's work here, Drew. The Lord's work when I read this stuff. I'm not sure about the Lord's work. It's somebody's work. Uh, Well, it's my Lord. My Lord and Savior, Oscar DeGrouch. That's what the Oscar's name for, right? Oscar Uh DeGrouch? Yes. There's a bunch of pissy people whining about. We got a Regina King on the cover. Cool. One of three covers. Regina King gets this one. Um, And it's the Oscars issue, the 2021 Oscars issue. So here we go. I pulled a few things from out of here to, to, to prattle on real quick. And what's the first thing? Here we go. The show, The Underground Railroad, coming to Amazon okay. uh, in May. It's Barry Jenkins. So he did uh, Moonlight. And uh, what do they just do right at the end? That's no, it's coming. My brain. It's not working. Oh, um, James Baldwin. If Beale Street could talk, thank you, Drew. And uh, this is his adaptation of a Colson Whitehead uh, novel, which is what he did with his. This is what he did with his Moonlight Clout okay. when he won when Moonlight yeah. won Best uh, Picture, mm-hmm. uh, and he he was like, at this time, I may have the most quote power that I'll have. Uh, but then now that he signed on for Lion King two, if that's a big hit, then he's going to be able to really. Uh, get more doors open for him <clears throat> but he directed all 10 episodes of the show that's a fucking lot of work for one person and it took 116 days to shoot damn so that's a long ass time uh joel edgerton is in the show as uh as gonna be the most compelling uh, sort of villain character ridgeway who he's a slave catcher okay and he's just he has his ethos yeah. which is catch him I, catch, I catch slaves i catch him slaves i bring him home uh-huh yep uh, in the book, pretty pretty scarily written for a while, but then he gets developed more as a character. Obviously, he goes mm-hmm. it's a goddamn Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm, sh- ca- I'm sure there's some nuance, but at the yeah, end- yes, yes, yes. But at the end of the day, he's still a fucking slave character. Yes, absolutely. At the end of the day, he's still <laughs> he's still like the main scary yeah. villain of of the book, and I'm sure will be of this uh, show, which I believe is a limited series. That's cool. Joel, Joel Egerton can play a good scummer. Oh, he's right. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it is a limited series. He can play a good scummer. And uh, also, Barry Jenkins like, has here insists there will be no second season. There okay, we go. So, uh, also says, this is definitely a show that's only one season, and I don't mean in subject matter or themes. 116 days, man. This show damn near killed me. That was Barry Jenkins. There you go. 
gonna be uh, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good. I mean, the book is really good, but like I said when I reviewed it, uh, I mean, if it won a Pulitzer Prize, yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like duck. It's like duck. Right? Did you did you know, Drew, <laughs> that um, people like pizza? Really? And I think it's because it's delicious. That, that might be, yeah. So, what we need to do is somehow capitalize on this information I've just come across. Uh, you are about uh, a couple thousand years too late. Oh, no, come on. It's <laughs> yeah. Every time I look at a book's cover, after I'm halfway through, I'm like, man, this is good. I look at the cover. It's like, man, Booker Prize. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Everybody already knows. How, how come no one told me to read this earlier? Um, Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that actually EW does, where you just pick a person and mm-hmm. ask him to give like five or six things that they're into. And there's always like random shit. So uh, Brian Tyree Henry having his moment right now playing a podcast conspiracy theorist in Godzilla vs. King Kong. Um, his movie, The Outside Story, which I actually reviewed at last year's Virtual Florida Film Festival, is opening April 30th. I think it's cool. going to be a streaming movie. That one's pretty good. That's one where he... Uh, his job is he's an editor, a video editor, and he's also a little agoraphobic, so he stays in his apartment and he edits videos of celebrities who are about to die. So that when Creepy. they're like ready to die, he can put on the finishing touches yep. and send them out. Um, so there's some big fake celebrity who's about to die, so he's like in the middle of finishing this video, and so this guy's like, guys, he's, it's not looking good, he's about to kick it, we need this video. Like they want to publish it yep. immediately, it's very gross. And then he's, I forget how, but he gets himself locked outside of his apartment uh, with no keys, no phone, and I think no shoes. And the whole movie is him being forced to interact with his neighbors for the first time in like the years that he's lived there. Uh, and then dealing with the, um, the, uh, the guy. Actually, I think he does have his phone. Yeah, he does have his phone. Dealing with the, the video being due and all that. It's a really, really good movie. Very enjoyable. The Outside Story. He's also in that Amy Adams movie, The Woman... In the, wi- in the window, the woman okay. in the widow. That's co- woman in the window. Man, my <laughs> coming out on Netflix. Okay. Th- this one where uh, she plays a woman again, agoraphobic woman who sees like rear rear view, rear window. What's that movie with Christopher Reeve? That when uh, she sees a murder across the street, but then it turns out like it's not the same woman. So is she crazy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he's in that movie. They test screened it. It tested poorly. They completely reshot the third act. They test screened it again. It got like the same reaction. Yeah. So, so I, apparently nobody cares about this movie. I can't. No, I can't wait to see. <laughs> I can't wait to see the train wreck. I can't wait. Um, his five things include James Baldwin's No Name in the Street, uh, the Book of Mormon. That's kind of a cheat because he was mm-hmm. in it. Um, the color purple. This one's interesting. He says. I am one of the original fans of Whoopi Goldberg. Like, I don't even know what I would say if she were standing in front of me. I think I would go slackjaw. I think I watched it first when I was five. The scene where Celie is separated from her sister, I was already bawling. I can quote the movie from beginning to end. I would pay money to see Brian Tyree Henry just one man show yeah. the color purple <laughs> on stage. That'd be awesome. Um, for music, he recommends Tall Black Guy. Says he does a lot of instrumentals. Just look into that. If you don't know about it yet. Um, and this was interesting. The HG TV show Hometown. He's a big fan of that one. Okay. Do you know this one? I'm, I think I've seen a commercial for it. It's the uh, big burly bearded guy and his tiny wife. It's always the same. Tiny yeah. wife, big guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're renovating homes in their small Mississippi town. Uh, people really like this one. It, it, this is, they're the new Chip and Joanna Gaines or whatever. Or Whoever they are. Foot, that they're... Uh, 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 
What's the one? Fixer Upper. Okay. Now they have their own goddamn. They turn Waco, Texas into Magnolia, Texas. They have their company Magnolia. It's based out of Waco. They uh, got their own TV, like cable network now. That's on, like, you can find it on all sorts of apps. Um, she has her own magazine. They got a goddamn, like, Magnolia store that they can go to to get their branded um, home stuff. improvement stuff. Yeah, home decorating and improvement shit. That's wild. Huge empire they built. Uh, Brian Tiger. They're the next Bob Vila. Oh, my God. There's a, this old house channel on, <laughs> on Pluto TV, dude. Nothing but Bob Vila all oh, day. Oh, man. So satisfying. Just like a, a calm white man the original telling us how to fix a house. Yeah, yep. it's nice. He's very soothing, very chill. <laughs> Monotone. Like, I would watch him. I could watch Frugal Chef. I could watch Bob Ross. I could watch these old white men just calmly explain the world to me. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe these white guys aren't so bad. <laughs> yeah, but can you... So yeah, yeah, but who who knows? Could I mean, those same bland white guys are the reason why everybody else was like, damn, the Negroes and the Mexicans. Mm, yeah. Because they had too much spice. Yeah. Too, much, <laughs> too much spice in their existence. It's it's those same type of people just explaining to you that the brown people are bad. Yeah, and you're like, true. you know what? I believe this guy. Yeah. Thank God Bob Ross stuck to landscapes <laughs> and mountains and not like, here are my views. No, he seemed like a very... I think he's on the record as being a very chill dude. It'd be, it would be hilarious. Like if it he would hated be, the Vietnamese it would be, or something. Yeah, one random one. Though, <laughs> yeah. One ra- yeah, for yeah. some reason. The Chechens. Yeah. hates the Chechens. Something. Like, why? Well, my neighbor. <laughs> one time, my neighbor. You can, a whole race based on that one <laughs> yes. experience. Yes. It's the 60s. Or 70s. Or whatever. Um, the actual Oscars section in the middle. They talk to a bunch of people. They have some big sections on, like... Uh, aforementioned uh, Regina King little blurbs on uh, like with Steve Yoon in here it's pretty pretty good nice section on uh, with Viola Davis Riz Ahmed Riz Mitchell but uh, yeah, he's having a bit of a moment right now he is himself also having a good a good moment which is very cool he's, he's good so I just highlighted random shit throughout here for example 5.5 million dollars Drew is the highest box office gross of any of the best picture winners or nominees I should say okay. that being Promising Young Woman yeah. usually there's a few movies in there that made a decent amount of money but there weren't any movies that made money because so. no movies made money mm-hmm. so 5.5 well, I mean, million for Godzilla Promising did, Young Woman but man, nobody's given Godzilla best picture and, that, and that's this year yeah. so they, they wouldn't be that's next year last year still so who knows I mean fourth wave crushing India Brazil can make it here of new variants Tenet. fuck your vaccines <laughs> <laughs> yeah Christopher Nolan's like, time to re-release Tenet again. <laughs> again! Um, 35 nominations this year for the studio known as Netflix. Okay. Uh, an all-time high for, for the streaming giant. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about time. They've been making and purveying streaming movies for a very long time. It's about damn yeah. time they made something of quality! Yes, exactly. In the last few years, with Roma getting awards... The Irishman getting like 11 nominations on its own, but zero awards. Um, they've made inroads to respectability in that realm, to being accepted as a producer of good content and not just like TV of the week shit no. that they that they mostly do. Um, in the Viola Davis profile, I thought this was a little interesting um, blip here. She is the winner of an Oscar, an Emmy, and two Tonys. She is the rare Hollywood player whose name evokes both near-universal acclaim and commercial viability. Co-stars like Meryl Streep and Denzel Washington regularly sing her praises. The New York Times recently named her number nine 
on its list of 25 best actors working today. And most of all, her success, Jessica Cogburn, has come after the age of 40. Yeah. Which is impressive. Yeah. That is not, quote, the way it's done. Uh, I mean, she's been in everything recently. She, and, and it's always good when she pops up. Yeah. Um, it, she's, it's when like, she popped up at Suicide Squad, it was like, oh, yes! Like, thank God. It was like, there's, there's an actual actress yeah. in this movie! It's like <laughs> some, something to grab onto. Uh, and she's so, uh, like, biting throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I can't wait to see her in The Suicide Squad. She is great. She, it's like the Gene Hackman effect, where even mm-hmm. if the movie's not good... At least Gene Hackman's in it. Yes, and, and he's good in it. He'll never give you a false performance. He'll be in a bad movie, but he won't be bad. She, uh, will, not be, and she will not be bad in a movie. Um, but then she also points this out here, talking about her road to success. You know, talking to the interviewer, I had nine failed pilots, right? I was 49 when I got How to Get Away with Murder. The Help did a lot of work. Doubt did a lot of work. She got a, I think she won for Doubt. Where did she get nominated for that? Um, Antoine Fisher did a lot of work, but it was a network TV show that put me on the map. It's just heartbreaking as a woman when you're not seen as pretty, when you're not seen as young, when you're darker than a paper bag. No one sees you. They just don't. If I want any kind of role that is deeper, more complicated, more specific, then I have to look for it. And once I look for it, trust me, I have to develop it very much so. Uh, so speaking of developing, what does she have here? Something called The Woman King, which is described as a black female Braveheart. <laughs> cool. Being helmed by um, Gina Prince-Blythewood, the, the director of The Old Guard. Yeah. And what else? She directed um, Love and Basketball. Which is a crazy twofer, right? <laughs> yeah. um, she's doing Showtime's The First Lady Anthology, in which she'll portray Michelle Obama. Uh, it looks like also Michelle Pfeiffer will be Betty Ford. Awesome. Gillian Anderson will be Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Um, 70 women have been nominated for Oscars this year. The most ever. 109 letters in... The Borat sequel's full title. Yes. Um, 11 first-time acting nominees. That's very cool. That is very cool. And uh, let me see. Did I pull anything else I may not have? Because there may have been a time when I just got tired. Oh, and no. Here we go. There's gave more. up on it. A good bit on uh, Chloe Zhao, actually, in her journey in Hollywood. Uh, that was a very good read. And also a little bit here on Carrie Mulligan. But I just have some more numbers. 83. That's... Anthony Hopkins' age, making him the oldest, now oldest Oscar nominee for acting. He's an old man. I think the previous would have been uh, Christopher Plummer, who won for uh, Beginners? Beginners. Yes. Uh, I think he was like 81. Um, Ten Oscar nominations for Mank, making it the movie with the most nominations this year. And I think much like The Irishman, it's not going to happen. We'll see. No. We will see. Hollywood loves to nominate the nose of their own ass. That's true. But then they... And it's like, also a David Fincher movie. Oh, so... It's the Finch. <laughs> it's the Finch. Hmm. And Oldman. People, they love nominating Oldman now. Oh, yeah, because he's the Goldman. I mean, he's right. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oldman the Goldman. And... Uh, Goldman. Goldman. And I think, here we go, this is uh, finally... Finally? Yeah. We're we're calling it here. Finally, Drew Sikagrin. Twelve feature films have been directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Before he got his first nomination for Best Director for Another Round, which I have yet to watch. And uh, this year, there are five 
There are all those first-time nominees, but five Oscar-winning actors have also been nominated this year. So, a lot of first-timers, but also some uh, real some vets, big hitting vets. And uh, yeah, there you go. Pretty good. Pretty good thick issue this year. A lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, previewing some good stuff coming out. Thanks, EW. We appreciate it. But that's the end of that segment, guys. I read EW Magazine, EW Weekly, so you don't have to. It's not even weekly, though. Entertainment Weekly Monthly. I read. Shouldn't it be Entertainment Monthly then? I read Entertainment Weekly Monthly, so you don't have to. It's Ew Monthly. Ew Monthly. Okay. That's what it is. That's weird. It is weird. You know what else is weird? Uh, sending out an email to your critics, not even critics, your journalism group about your film journalism group about how uh, Black Lives Matter are the real terrorists. What? <laughs> it's like, that's out, of, that's out of nowhere. Excuse me? Let me see. Let me open this email here. That's a, it's from a, it's from a Hollywood Foreign Press uh, former president, association president. Okay, let's see. Is it about something movie related? Oh, Black Lives Matter is a hate movement. Okay. That's what he says. Phil Phil Burke served eight terms as the Hollywood Foreign Press Association president. He called BLM a racist hate movement, described, uh, who's this person? Colors. He described, um, oh, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter as a self-proclaimed trained Marxist. That's weird. And sent this email out to the association's members, its staff, the group's general counsel, and the chief chief operating officer. I'm sure general counsel had something to say oh, about this, that. Oh, this did not go over well with anyone <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, and this is also right after uh, the HFPA have been called out for uh, long-standing racism in many ways. Like, how come you have 90 members in your group? How come you don't have any black members? You've never had any yeah. <laughs> black members. Oh, maybe because this old this president is racist as fuck. Probably. Of, the, of their group. The old president. Anyway, he was former president, not president now. He has since been like expelled from the group and all that. Yeah, but yeah. the Golden Globes is a sham. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Foreign Press just exists so that they can have access to uh, stars and stuff like that. It's it's a bunch of uh, elbow rubbing, um, networking hogwash. Cool. So I'm just here to tell y'all that tell is, them to fuck off. Yeah. That's how it is. And, uh, oh, man, uh, this is funny. So cancel culture is bad. But also okay. boycott the things that I want you to boycott. Okay, so cancel cancel culture is bad <laughs> unless it's canceling something that I want to cancel. Unless it's uh, yes. So okay, God, cancel culture is a terrible buzzword of 2020, 2021. Buzz phrase, I guess. Yeah, and it's um, fun. So when Georgia passed their uh, restrictive voting laws a, recently, a bunch of people pulled productions. I'm sure productions have been pulled, and Major because- League Baseball was actually one of the first. Because uh, because Hollywood is leftist, Lefti- right? Leftist liberal Hollywood. Yes. What they're left, they're leftist liberal. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, the MLB was actually the first one to to, okay. to like put their balls on the table, and be like and fuck you, we out. And they're that's leftist liberal baseball, right? <laughs> oh no, rich, rich as fuck. Uh, we have our eyes on the prize. We need money, baseball, Base- <laughs> baseball. It's any sport. They're a bunch of old white men who own all these teams. Baseball is run by white men. I'm sure mostly Republicans, if not entirely, but um, they know where the money's at, and it's with the people. 
and they moved the all-star game that was supposed to be in Georgia and Atlanta. I think they moved it to Colorado. Um, and, uh, so Republicans are like, Oh boy, got baseball. Boo. This is terrible. Boy, cut the MLB. But then very awkwardly, uh, <laughs> this is funny. Baseball's already been in full swing for a few weeks. Um, opening day, this coincided with opening day, uh, Texas, the Texas Rangers, the their owner, they went full Texas and were like, "We're not doing limited capacity. We're doing full capacity. Everybody come. We e- don't give a fuck. Everyone come." So they had put out video of the place 100% full, people shoulder to shoulder uh, in the midst of a pandemic, which was like a month ago. I bet you like three quarters of them weren't wearing masks. No, probably not. I, I mean, the image I remember seeing was from like the back of their heads. But yes, I bet you most of them. It's Texas, man. They ain't wearing masks. They're like, it's, we're outside. It's fine. It's open air stadium. Um, so then whatever Republicans do there, we have like the defiant Texas business owners being like, we're doing 100%. Fuck your COVID. But then they're also like, the boycott these guys. <laughs> um, Major League Baseball doesn't do this very often, oh. but they decided to put out some viewership numbers. Okay. Um, especially with like the seemingly loud yell for a boycott happening for their, they're moving the MLB All-Star game. And uh, basically, Drew, they would like you to know that in the first 18 days of the 2021 season, MLB.tv uh, is blowing up. Viewership minutes is up 18% from last year, 43% from the year before. Total games watched is up 22% from last year. Uh, this is straight up them being like... People want baseball back. People want baseball back. You want to boycott us? Fuck your boycott. It didn't matter. It didn't work. It's happening. We moved the All-Star game, and you're not getting it back until you change some shit. That shit ain't changing, no. so we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, if, if Florida's smart, they'll give some tax incentives back and take all the people. There is someone trying to get the tax incentive tax incentives back um, for film and TV, and it is a Republican who's doing it, which is interesting. Um, but then, on the on the flip side, they're trying to pass similar uh, voting laws here, even further no. voting laws, you know? And uh, so we'll just be like looking just like some of these other states. So it sucks. It's bad. Um, this guy, Scott Rudin, we talked about him, I think, a week or two ago, uh, how he's a, a terrible, he's actually a fantastic producer, but a terrible person. He mm-hmm. makes amazing movies, but then he treats all his assistants like complete shit. And it's been one of these open secrets of Hollywood, you know, one of these things where it's like, oh, yeah, well, he makes our own money, so we uh, allow his horrible, abusive behavior. Oh. He's a guy who would, what was it called, soft fire people, where he's like, you're fired, and then you have to go downstairs across the street to Starbucks, and then wait for the call from the assistant. Like, okay, he called off. He can, he can come back. That's a terrifying way to to live, to yeah. work, you know. But then also, one of Scott Rudin's assistants was Amy Pascal, who went on to be goddamn uh, president of uh, Sony Films. So, yeah, it, it is yeah. it is a track to yeah. to a good career. But then he got to put up with with this fucking gross guy. Look at this gross piece Ugh. of shit. He's disgusting. Why are all these guys so gross? Um. He is now like officially stepping back, stepping away from after all these allegations have come out. He hasn't done any denying or nothing. He's he's saying I'm stepping back from all my Broadway productions and all my movie productions, um, so I can like I don't know focus on stuff or whatever this this yeah, bullshit. Yeah. So I can spend some of this money I've been making. Spend this money I've been making. Let this shit blow over. Let the news yeah. cycle take care of this. You know he's probably wishing uh, Trump would uh, say something or whatever. Well, he might. I mean, he's uh, closing down Mar-a-Lago for a little while and going up to uh, New Jersey for the summer. (laughs) He's summering in Jersey? Yeah. All right. In uh, Atlantic City, in the ruins of his casino. I have no idea. 
in the, in the rubble of the former Taj Mahal. <clears throat> that fucking idiot. Um, so Scott Rudin, piece of shit, gross, go away. There we go. Let's talk about some new movies. Mad Max prequel, like officially greenlit, announced. Drew, it is happening. Cool. It's gonna be called Furiosa. Now we just gotta make sure uh, Homeboy doesn't die before then, before it actually gets made. Uh, George Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he's an old man. Um, it's set for a mid twenty twenty three release. Okay. And it will be the biggest film production ever in Australia. Okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth cast as young Immortan Joe. Okay. Is that confirmed or is that rumor? Um, and uh, I mean, it makes sense. And yeah, it does make sense. And Anya Taylor Joy is a uh, young Furiosa. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's gonna be fucking awesome, dude. New Mad Max. Yeah. Even if it's not as good as Fury Road, I don't give a shit. Doesn't like, matter. it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as good. That movie's fucking like it is what it is. It's a perfect thing. We yeah. Can, we no, can move exactly. On. It, it. Yeah. And it's also apparently since it's Furiosa, it's a Mad Max list Mad Max movie. I mean, he, some somebody could be a surprise. He could pop yeah. up. Yeah. But who's who, who's gonna be Max? But then it can't be. He can't. Uh, Max can't be Furiosa, young Furiosa, because the whole point of Mad Max Fury Road is them meeting, yeah. and then at the end it's like it's Max. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm Max. I'm out. And then she's like, Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, I respect you now. Yeah. Stranger, um, it would read different anyway. Um, did you ever see Holy Motors, the French film Holy Motors? It's like a vignette and anthology movie about a guy who goes through a whole day taking jobs where he has to like act like different people, but in real life situations. I don't think so. It's pretty fantastic, it's pretty great. Holy Motors, definitely recommended. The person who made that has a new movie called Annette, starring uh, Marion Cotillard and Adam Driver. Okay. And it's opening the Cannes Film Festival, and there's a trailer out there, and it looks fucking dope. It looks, okay. it looks really good. And also, I wanted to bring up uh, Holy Motors, and definitely recommend people check that out. And recommend you watch it. You would, def- you would really, really like it, Drew. It is fucking bonkers. It's a weird movie. I, I hear it's a lot of style over substance. It depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Does it have to have a lot of substance? What's it saying? What is the movie saying? That, well, I'll leave that up for you to decide. Also, uh, raging boner alert. Trigger warning for raging boner. Okay, but it's it's plot it's a plot driven boner yeah. though. It or is it? Oh, it's not. It's an accoutrement yeah. boner. It's just there. It's like why? It, why is it so dirty? Um, Downton Abbey getting a sequel. Shocking. Coming out in December. That's uh, I. I mean, I don't know what's going on. They're doing a BBC TV turnaround time. I think on this one. Yeah, because that's fucking fast. Uh huh. Especially with the. Uh, COVID protocols? Maybe they've figured out something. They know something? Because I, I, they're like just announcing the cast. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't even think it's shot yet. But it's maybe maybe part of it is old footage. They're like, listen, we, we, we only need yes. like yes. 30 minutes. We've yes. got the stuff that we cut that we can throw back in. We, got, we, we can got, make a fucking shit ton of money, guys. We got this crap from the show. We got this shit from the other movie. We can just shoot some new stuff. Bingo, bango. Down Abbey 2. DA2, colon. Uh, the Downtonist. Downton. The Moneymaker. The Moneymaker. Ooh. <laughs> I like, I like it. Yeah. The, the old British Moneymaker. We got all the British Moneymaker in Downton Abbey, too. And then Jason Satan pops up. He's like, oh, um, 
I'm, ha- I'm here to transport this money. I'm here to transport this money. You're <laughs> yeah, the money maker. With a horse and carriage? I don't know what's the time frame. It, yeah, it's, movie, it's, horse and carriage? it's a World War One, right? It's 20s, 30s, Okay, I well, I mean, there are... <sighs> Yeah, he's a, he's in like a buggy type car. Okay, He'd be the buggy transporter. He's like, oh, as a queen here, I'm here to transport the money that you've been making. I hear you make a lot of money here at Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, not your money. I'm transporting your money. <laughs> don't call me a transporter. We don't have the rights to that. Uh, do you have a bicycle around? Do you have a bicycle? <laughs> do you have a bicycle? I need the pedals. No, just the pedals. Start kicking random everything. Like why? Yep. Why is this guy? Yeah, he th- throws out a bunch of oil. Starts kicking people in the face. I thought he was just gonna take our money away. Whoops! <laughs> they get kicked right in the face. Down to Abbey Two, the money maker. Sorry, Jason Statham. Uh, I'd see that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, that would be pretty cool. Um, speaking of movies being underway, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon has started shooting. Uh, this is gonna be for Apple TV. So counting down the day so, is still when I start that free subscription, that trial subscription. Count down the days till you tre- do that trial subscription, so I can come over here and watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then all right, and cancel. Yep. Oh, that movie was good. Cancel. Well, I guess I could just watch other stuff real quick, like uh, M Night Shyamalan's Servant. His show should have a season two by then. We could crank that out before the uh, the what is it? The six hour trial period. I have no idea. They make these trial periods so short these days, man. Uh. Scorsese's movie starts shooting in Oklahoma on April 19th. And, uh, I mean, it could be his last movie. You know, he's up there in age himself. Has a budget of $200 million. That's right a lot of money. <laughs> but I wonder if, um, since it, where it's shooting, if it's... Going further. Uh, yeah, it's being taxed and uh, kickbacks and stuff. Rebates and whatnot. Cast, Jesse Plemons, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. They switched roles yep. during Plemons pre-production. is now the lead. Yeah, Plemons is now the star investigating the uh, the murders, and DiCaprio's like the shifty rancher. And that made people mad. <laughs> they were like, no, DiCaprio's our, he's our star, he's our face. Not yeah. anymore. Scorsese is like, what, what can I say? He uh, wanted to change. I'm sorry. Robert De Niro. Uh, who else? I don't, I don't know if I recognize some of these other names. I thought there were other people. Oh, yeah, here we go. Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> That's funny. Um, big cast, but not a lot of uh, big, big names. I thought this one had more recognizable people. Anyway, $200 million is a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And that's why it's on Apple, because no one else would give him that, which is crazy. It's Martin Scorsese. Give him the goddamn monies. But then you see Silence made nothing at the box office. I go, oh, yeah, okay. No one wants to see the three-hour uh, <laughs> rumination on Faith in 1600s feudal Japan. Nope, apparently not. Not a lot of... Not even Spider-Man and Qui-Gon Jinn can save that movie. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> got fucking uh, Adam Driver. We got uh, Kylo Ren in here. He's a Jesuit. Nope. Tapping into that Jesuit market. No, is <laughs> no. it not? Is that market not viable? <laughs> that uh, that that Japanese Christian market? Yes. The Japanese <laughs> anti-Christian market. Like, we want, we want to see uh, Christian missionaries more crucified in, in the more, beach. We want more militant Buddhists. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of done with militant, militant Buddhism. Like, I thought Buddhism was cool. Like, no, 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 no. fuck you. <laughs> we will fuck you up. Paul Thomas Anderson's movie gets a release date for this December. Uh, and it's called something weird, like like Skank or Stank or... Oh, the working title is Soggy Bottom. So we'll see what it's actually called. Um, film set in 1970s, San Fernando Valley. Cast includes... Um, Bradley Cooper, 
Elena Haim from the band Haim. Benny Safty was in it. That's crazy. Benny Safty is also in the Obi-Wan show. <laughs> yeah, right? And uh, let's see. What's the release date? Looks just, like... just let the Safty brothers use the volume for a movie. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. see what happens. <laughs> what would they do? Oh, my God. That'd be incredible. Um, Cooper Hoffman will be in this movie. Cooper Hoffman being son of Philip Seymour. Okay. So there we go. Keeping it in the fam. This will be PTA's first movie since Phantom Thread in 2017. It's already been four years. Jesus. Jesus. Time. It's weird. Um, mentioned Whoopi Goldberg earlier. She wants to play a superhero, but not just any superhero. She's writing her own. Okay. And she has a... That's not going to be good. Well, she has a point of view, at least. At least it'll be something that's not being... It's not being... It's kind of like when Viola Davis, I read her quote where she was like... I got to go find these roles and develop them myself. No. Here's Whoopi Goldberg's quote. Since I was a little kid, I've been obsessed with superheroes. They're all saving the earth all the time. But do you know who's really going to save the earth? Old black women. So she's writing a superhero that is uh, an older black woman. So is she going to save the world with soul food? Oh, man, it sounds good. Yeah. Soul food and uh, just being strong. Um, strong in the face of adversity and, be, and be, knowing how to put up a bullshit. Be, being able to uh, turn a grown man into a whining child with a stare. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> I've seen it happen. It's scary. You don't want to. You don't want to be anywhere in the room when that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're 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 getting to trying to diversify what what's possible with with this entertainment. This. Um, Entertainment where these characters go in outer space and they have superpowers and it's all ridiculous, supernatural, you know. Blah, blah, blah. But, but well, we can't get a, just an older black woman, a six-year-old black woman can't be a superhero. Fuck that. She I mean, she could. Just call, just needs a good story. Just, but, but we're gonna need the story of how she was. Uh, just need a good twenty-five-year-old superhero first. Or she could be like a Grandma Moses situation. She didn't start painting until she was eighty-eight. She could like get her powers late. And they'd be like, That'd I'm be too weird. I'm too old to figure out. <laughs> like, what if she had her powers, but then still had like arthritis? <laughs> like that would suck. Like, I got powers, but I'm I'm in pain all the time. Like I fly, but when I land, my knees crack. The uh the Continental, the John Wick mm. uh show. Mm-hmm. We got some deets on that. It's gonna be specifically a show centered on the hotel in the seventies when it first gets established with a young Winston. Running the place. So, who's going to be young Ian McShane? Right, exactly. That's going to be important. We need some good casting there. Who could it be? We need someone suave, charming, but could be tough, could be scary, harder to pull it off when you're younger. Unless you had threat facial hair. Or unless you were Ian McShane 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Even in the 90s, like, this guy's fucking, this face, hard face, this (laughs) guy. Yeah, swedging. Even before that, uh, Sexy Beast, he's in in Sexy Beast uh, towards the end. Um, and finally, this is all just in the new movie section, Drew. We still have to get through DC, Marvel, social meds, old is new. Oh, my God. We're going to go through this fast. Uh, Origins of Christianity series coming from Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader. Okay. All right. So there. going back to faith. Yeah, there we go. Mr. Scorsese. And they're, and they're going to do a thing like Last Temptation of Christ we're gonna, where they're going to shoot it dramatically. And it's going to be using a lot of Apocrypha stuff. So they want to get really deep in the unused, the now unused um, gospel, pre-gospel lore mm-hmm. of the Jesus story and all that. Because gospel is, what, 300, 400 years old yeah. after the, the oh, story yeah. of and, Jesus? And there, and there have been many, many, many I mean, the, the Old Testament's the fucking Torah, for Christ's sake. Right, so. yeah, yeah, that's... Mm. 
That's that old God stuff. That's that old angry God. He's like, well, you, you man, that's that's cancel culture God. We talked about this already. Um, let's move into DC. The Flash movie has started filming. I can't believe it's happening. Apparently. But it's happening no. from the director of It. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And also confirm Michael Keaton as Batman. I think also Ben Affleck as Batman. Like they're doing. No. They're really. Elseworlds I mean, type multiverse shit. Yeah, they're really, really, really going for it. Um, so that's happening. Also. Oh, yeah. And that's talk about that. And then um, moving on. Speaking of Batman, HBO Max, they're doing the Batman movie. And simultaneously, they're developing. Uh, they're calling it GCPD, Gotham City Police Department. And it's. Um, focusing on Jim Gordon in his time in the department, but they're trying to stress, like, guys, this isn't fucking uh, Gotham, which was just on Fox no. and did, like, five seasons, six oh. seasons, something like that. It was on for a bit. It was pretty popular uh, and just ended. So someone actually tweeted at, who was it? The um, the, the, the showrunner that they picked for, for the GCPD. Just, they should just talk to... Wolf Dick and just do Law and Order Gotham City. Just add a bunch of dun duns and, 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 and put them on the screen. Be like Goth- Gotham. Um, I gotta do Gotham Mid Court Courtroom Forty Eight. Exactly. All you gotta do is just take an episode of Law and Order, just rename everybody comic book characters, yeah. and get uh, instead of Jack McCoy, we'll have uh, you know Harvey Dent. Yeah, Your Honor, we call to the stand Batman. <laughs> um, someone tweeted at. Uh, Joe Barton is going to be the showrunner, uh, writer working on GCPD. I'm curious how different the show would be to Fox, they asked him. Um, and he responds, very different. And then he tweeted and then deleted, but people still, you know, screen grabs and archives and shit. Uh, personally, wouldn't be that interested in remaking a show that ended like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So expect something very different from, from Gotham for this uh, GCPD show. Uh, oh my god so Batman vs Superman colon Dawn of Justice the tidbits keep just trickling out from this whole Snyder universe shit okay uh, that title Batman v Superman we got some interesting things in here this is uh, also we have a title that apparently Zack Snyder threw out there that he wanted and oh boy I honestly don't know which is worse I don't know I don't know which title is worse so I'm, we're gonna need your help on this one okay um, here we go. He says, I remember when there was a back and forth that I had with the studio. Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice was like the only title that Warner Brothers liked. This is Zack Snyder. The whole V instead of versus. It was like this crazy negotiation. I was like, I was like, guys, can't we just do something like Son of Sun and Night of Night? As in. S O N of S U N and then K N I right of night or something that's a little bit more poetic. And they were like, absolutely not. And I was like, is it a court case? Because it's Batman v Superman. So he, he was not happy at all with even the V part of it, which we have mocked since day one. BVS DOJ. BVS Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. It's so stupid. A terrible title come up by the marketing department but what do you think of son of sun and night of night i mean it's a little i mean like it's a little more poetic definitely more poetic i guess but a movie title it's st- hey man you remember one or the other what was your favorite scene from son of sun and night of night <laughs> yeah no like i said one or the other like son of sun sure sure okay yeah give me one or superman the other. son of sun yeah give me one or the other night of night Ooh, interesting but not yeah not together yeah 
I would have been fine with Batman versus Superman. At least it's blunt, but at least it's honest. But then they're like, oh, we have to figure out what we're going to do with the Justice League. Chris Terrio, the writer, he suggested um, just going straight up like Justice League colon foundations, Justice League colon rising, something like that. Mm-hmm. Let people know that it was part of a part of an idea of something bigger. Um, but that didn't obviously happen anyway. So we got stuck with... Um, BDS, we will now hear the, the court of B Batman v Superman calling Donna Justice all rise uh, James Gunn decided to make a, the peacekeeper peacekeeper John Cena's character in the Suicide Squad He's, he has a, a reflective metal helmet and as a um Result of that choice, they had to CG out everything all from the yeah. all the reflections, the the camera, the, the 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 crew, all that shit. And then, in order to do that for every single set that they shot at, they had to have a previs team go in there and like roto shoot the entire room so they could have that info, so they could uh, like reflect it back into his helmet. And all the god. Damn it, that's a lot of work. Yeah, all, all think, for a reflective helmet. Think of that every time you see John Cena in this movie wearing his goddamn helmet. Just think of the hundreds of man hours and woman hours and day hours. I don't know. But it, was, uh, it, it took to get the reflection out of oh it. Oh, my God. Here's a comment. Horsepower hours. I don't know what they use. I don't know what computers are like these days. Um, I can't wait to see that movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a good one. Moving on to Marvel real quick. The Shang-Chi trailer came out. You see that? Yes. It was pretty fun. Yep. It looks pretty good. Uh, also, just looks like a cool kung fu movie. Tony Lung is in it. I mean, yeah, what the hell? We exactly. T- Tony Lung is in the Marvel Universe. Apparently. Probably just for one movie, but still. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally into it. It looks like it's going to be really cool. I mean, someone's just Sloan's in the Marvel Universe. Mm. So, anything could happen, Chris. Hey, I am. In the, I am. In the, I'm also in the DC Universe now because I'm a big shark. You see that? I'm like, hand. And then I eat a guy. It's cool. Absolutely. High in protein. Bad guys. Also, celery juice. Mm-hmm. Lots of celery juice. Um, Amelia Clark has joined the Marvel Universe. Okay. For um, the Secret Invasion show. Okay. Yeah. So that's so, all. So is she going to be a scroll? Ha <laughs> That's the point of the show, right? Who's a scroll? Who's not a scroll? That's we're going to be talking about that for years now. Yeah. <laughs> she was a scroll the whole time. And then whenever they write themselves in some sort of like uh, writer's corner, I'm just the, I, the, we'll just scroll our way out of this. I, I, I just <laughs> I, I, I wonder. And once the Fantastic Four get in and things get weird, then we can have Super Scroll, which is going to be even weirder. Yeah, they got to build up to all that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all going to be part of the plan, right? I'm going to have to like cut out this bit of the show and then play it ten years later. Ten years <laughs> later, from like episode uh, 890 or whatever yeah. we're doing, they're like, "See, Drew, call that shit years ago man. again, again." And so, would have anybody if they're if familiar they're, at all with just comic book? They're lore. just paying attention, right? If you're just looking at what's happening in front of us. Um, speaking of Marvel, putting on out there on the social medias, Sebastian Stan, right? He's uh, doing the old Bucky thing right now, doing a lot of marketing for that and another movie that he's uh, in. So he's in a lot of interviews. And apparently, him and Paul Walter Hauser became buds on Itania. Paul Walter Hauser being the the star of Richard Jewell, mm-hmm. right? Right, that guy. Um, Paul Walter Hauser big on uh, big on using Twitter. I I am now following him on okay. Twitter. Very entertaining. Tweets a lot about wrestling. 
right around Easter, he tweeted a lot about like he is risen and, uh, and being all like pro Jesus. But then everything else is just like, uh, man, I want to I want to be Arn Anderson in the Ric Flair <laughs> biopic. So yeah, that'd be awesome. So he's tweeting that he wants Sebastian Stan to play Ric Flair. That'd be fun. He'll play Arn Anderson, and he also like put out other people's ideas, other ideas for for they're people. The other horsemen. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna be Dean Malenko? Yeah, exactly. Oh, those, those, those are the '90s. Those are the '90s horsemen. That'd be funny if they went all the, the whole saga of the horsemen. That'd be so great. Um, no, Ole Anderson and Tully Blanchard. He had people for those. Is this? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Paul Walter Hauser, Ric Flair, Sebastian Stan, Arn Anderson, him, Ole Anderson, Ethan Suppley. Remember, I showed you how he's all ripped. Yeah. And uh, Tully Blanchard, Ben Foster. He's Ooh, a, I like Ben Foster. I like him a lot. He's a small guy, though, yeah. so that would be a little forced perspective, maybe. But that's <laughs> Paul Walter Hauser trying to fan cast himself into a Ric Flair movie with goddamn his buddy Sebastian Stan. Meanwhile, uh, you notice... Oh, man, maybe we can get uh, a really crazy psychedelic one where just to, we get Ric Flair's entire life, so Sebastian Stan could even be old Ric Flair, oh, that'd be and awesome. he could be hanging out with Migos, yeah. and getting married to Ric Flair Drip. Ric Flair Drip, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, he'd be like supporting his daughter uh, for her wrestling career and stuff. It could be all crazy. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, he, uh, Sebastian Stan, in uh, Winter Soldier in the in the show Captain America and Winter Soldier whatever it's called now he uh, he's walking around the whole, one of his character things he has a book of names yes and he's going around I guess like making retribution or getting revenge I don't know it's like sort of he's making amends he's making Suppos- amends supposedly so on the list of names up towards the top uh, it says H.W. Hauser oh, nice. no Paul, P.W. Hauser for, for his buddy yeah. Paul so he wrote Paul's name in there so uh, now Paul Walker Hauser's Marvel canon yeah <laughs> <laughs> God damn, uh, these guys, they're buddies. They're having yeah. a good time. They're friends. They seem like uh, nice guys hanging out together. I want to be friends with them. Can we Can we be friends with them? I mean, you have to move out there and then somehow get in their circle of friends unless you're going to be the weirdo who's just like, hey, can we be friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be that weirdo. You know. I mean, it's never worked for me when other people have done it to me, but I, I want yeah, to do that to them. It's not going to work. Um, you might get a restraining order. Yeah. Yeah, restrain me, Sebastian Stan, please. Uh, but, but quote Luke Skywalker lines at me while you do it the uh, Fast and Furious franchise Universal Studios the uh, movie exhibitors are trying their best to get people to come out to theaters ahead of Fast 9 coming out so if you go to what's the website um, Friday fastfridays.com something like that yeah Fast Fridays you will find uh, roughly almost a thousand theaters across the country will be showing the Fast and Furious movies in chronological order every Friday for free. Ridiculous. Why not, man? Why not? And they're they're showing that trailer uh, over and over and over. The majority of them are not good. The first three. I never saw four. I haven't seen the fourth one. That And that's the first. No, that's the second Justin Lin one. Right? Which one's the fourth one? I think that's, that's about to get some mic. Which one's the fourth one? That's the thing, the fourth one. That's the one where Michelle Rodriguez comes back. Okay. I think. Okay. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. The third one's Tokyo Drift. Fifth one is the Brazil one. Brazil! He's all like his arms are gigantic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Fast Fridays. Free Fast Fridays, guys. They're out there. So, speaking of Sylvester Stallone, uh, announced that Rocky Ford Director's Cut is officially coming. Uh, the title has changed for no particular reason okay. to um, Rocky. Oh, speaking of the verses, Rocky versus Drago hyphen the ultimate director's cut. <sighs> Why? 
No one asked for this. <sighs> oh, and then also he revealed on Instagram that there will be a documentary called, you guessed it, Keep Punching. <laughs> Colon, the present meets the past. <laughs> So awful. Yeah, it is pretty indulgent and awful. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for some good news, we shot a full-length behind-the-scenes documentary while re-editing Rocky IV. Ugh, waste of lots of people's time. Enjoy and keep punching. He's really exactly what he says. He's really uh, glommed on to keep punching as a uh, as a sign off. uh, An an aloha of sorts. (laughs) Keep punching. Keep punching. Yeah. Um, ooh, the, this section was called Old is New, replaying Fast and Furious movies in theaters, Rocky Four getting a recut, our final story is our final Old is New, Drew Stickogburn, our final chance to laugh at Quibi is this story. Okay. Roku bought Quibi's original entertainment, stuff uh-huh. that's already aired and stuff that hasn't aired yet on their platform that they had in the can. They're uh, dropping... All Quibi branding, obviously, calling them all Roku Originals, and that is it for the existence of Quibi now being wiped off the face of the earth. The programming that they made won't have their name on it, and their app is no longer available. Cool. So unless you find an old phone with the app still on it, it hasn't like self-deleted or Uh some shit. Then it's been erased from our memory. Quibi Dunzo Bunzo. It's going to go the way of the uh, the mini-disc and... uh, The, la- like, the, the laser disc. It's going to be like number one in an article of like top 10 business failures of the 21st century. Yeah. Like, did you know about Quibi? Um, the uh, Roku channel will be uh, the place, the home for all this stuff. And I think it's ad based and free. Which so- means eventually it'll be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, all that stuff ends up on Amazon <laughs> Prime, right? So yeah, all, eventually somehow. And as a reminder to you, here's a list of things that will be that is available will be available now considered Quibi originals. Oh, now considered Roku originals. The Reno nine one one revival, uh, uh, Liam Hemsworth thriller with Christoph Waltz uh, based on the most dangerous game, uh, a dark comedy called Flipped with Will Forte and Caitlin Olsen from uh, It's Always Sunny. Um, a show called Survive. It's a plane crash drama called Survive with Sophie Turner and Corey Hawkins. Um, psychological thriller called The Stranger. Oh, it's a rideshare uh, thriller. Um, Anna Kendrick comedy called Dummy, where she befriends her boyfriend sex doll. Sam Raimi's Fifty States of Fright. Is it all going to be cell phone footage? It'll probably be. Um, they'll probably present the widescreen option. Because that was that was a big innovation of the Quibi app was that when you watch the show, you could watch it vertical, but then if you turn it horizontal, the the it, video would just automatically switch over to a widescreen view of the same scene, and then if you go back to vertical, it just shifts to yeah. That was like the one genuinely cool thing that Quibi did. Um, so I just imagine they'll just give you the the widescreen one to fit your TV. Yeah, Quibi, all the stuff made specifically to be seen on your phone, not to be seen on the TV. They didn't even come up with a TV app. Not going to be seen on TV. Thank you, Roku, for doing Cool. Thank you, Roku, for doing that for us, for buying this shit for pennies on the dollar, probably. Yeah. Repackaging it and giving it to us for free with ads stepped on it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and that's it. I'll take it, Drew. You'll take it. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, and and then it'll be over. Yeah, and that's that's it'll just be done, and that's life. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So I guess the moral of today's lesson is: work super hard on something and expect to fail. And then when you do fail, expect that maybe at best 
your work could uh, live on as someone else's uh, rewarding someone else in some way with your name completely detached from it. Cool. That's the best yeah. you can hope for, I think, yeah. in this world, right? Yes. That's, I think, optimistic. Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Trusa Cogger. You're welcome. You're welcome, listeners. We'll be back next week with more stuff. Uh, I'm not sure what because the movie release schedule is all fucked up now. Mm-hmm. It's all fucked up. A PFT Media Production.